Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crash Course. I'm here with the one, the only, Scott Kays. Hey, good to be here. It's been a little while since you've been on a, a podcast. Yes. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. But the thing is, no one has to listen to these in any specific order, so for all I know... They this, might not know that I've been gone. They may not know you've been gone. They may not even know that you've ever been here. I mean, That's Scott, true. if you've been listening to Crash Course since the beginning, you know, Scott was uh, on the very first episode. So uh, that means you're like a co-host and every other person is a guest host. Oh. Ah. Because you're on the first one. Oh, okay. so you I and like I, that. So you and I co-host. I like that. Everyone else is a guest. Yeah. That's how it works. I like that. There you go. So, uh, you know, Crash Course is really simple. Uh, sometimes we are, are new to our faith, or maybe we've been following Jesus for a long time, but there's just concepts in our faith that we struggle with, you know, that we have a, a difficult time with. Scott and I were just talking a minute ago about a conversation that, that I had with someone who just said, hey, you know, this, this one issue is kind of a big, it's a big holdup for me, and I can't quite grasp it and figure it out, and, and it creates a crisis of faith. And the truth is we all have those. And so, what, what we need in those situations is kind of a crash course. We need some, someone who, who maybe has thought through this or studied or knows the word, whatever it might be, to just get us caught up to speed. Um, it, we, it, we cannot go exhaustively into everything we talk about because these episodes are pretty short. We're not trying to sum up all of the... the then two. it would be long course instead it, of crash course. Yeah, but what would it be? It's not It'd a crash like course. Really it, long it course. It would be like, uh, yeah, it'd be like multiple courses. Yeah, yeah it'd be, you know... Yeah, so it's just it's just designed to be a quick catch up, and today we're going to talk about uh, something that actually I, I, it, you talk about things being a holdup. You know, Scott, we were talking. This is something I think that a lot of people get stuck on, and, and and depending on how they understand this concept, it'll determine how they process a lot of what happens to them in life. I agree, and a lot of how they see what's happening in the world, and it's God's will. So we're talking about the will of God, Scott. What is God's will? Well. Um I'm, first of all, I'm praying to see if it's God's will for me to be the one to answer that question. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's so like, one of the things, if you've been following Jesus for long, like when people pray, there's sort of this like, it's like you got to throw out this, uh, you know, I don't know, it's like a disclaimer. You know, if it like, be thy will. If it's your, God, if it's your will, uh, I would like this to happen. And, and uh, you know, only if it's your will, God. And, of course, if it is your will, I'd like... If it's your will, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's you kind know, of our defense. That's how we self-protect from disappointment, right? We say, it may not be God's will. Yeah, you know, obviously God's will is what God wants. And I think there's so many issues that come out of that. First of all, is God's will always done? A lot of times something will happen and people will go, well, must have been God's will. You know, even if it was something really bad, well, must have been God's will because it happened. Right. Well, first of all, God's will isn't always done. People need to know that... A, God gives us a lot of say-so in things, and we do have the right to rebel. We do have the right to disobey. We have the right to not be diligent in following God. People have to understand that there is also a devil out there, and obviously we have the ability to give place to the devil, or the Bible wouldn't tell us to resist the devil. I mean, let's face it, if God's will was always done, then why resist the devil? Okay, so... You know, God's will is what God wants to happen, and there are some people who would say that if you're if you're to say that God's will does not always happen, that that somehow weakens God. That that if 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 His will doesn't always happen, then that must mean that He's not as powerful as you know. He's not all powerful. He's not. I mean, there are Christians who would say that no, God's will always happens, and because they can't process the idea of of God not getting what God wants. 
and you know, one of the things that we have a conviction about, and this is one of the reasons that I love talking with Scott is, is, you know, God's word. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, God's word is an authority to us. Um, I believe when God's word, when the Bible is, is rightly interpreted, um, it is the, an absolute authority. Uh, and I believe it's, it's held up for so long for that reason. And so, you know, we're going to base some of these statements that we're making on the word. And so when you say God's will doesn't always happen, you know, I would say to you that while there might be people who go, hold on, that is, does that mean God's not powerful? I would just say, well, that's, that's biblical. God's will doesn't Well, and I'll give you happen. an example. Okay. The Bible is very clear. It's not the will of God that any should perish. Okay. And yet people die and go to hell. It's not the will of God, but it happens because... God gives people free will, people have choices, and God loves people so much, he will not override their free will and make that choice for them. Yeah, and that's a good reminder. We will be doing an episode on hell uh, somewhat soon, because uh, when we say that, there might be people listening, they're like, hell, I, oh, there's a whole, just just hold off. We will do that. We will get there. Not We're going to go to hell uh, in this podcast. We're going to go there. Um, no, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But, but yeah, no, the Bible says that God wills, God wishes, God wants every person to follow him. Not every person follows him. Right. Right. There, there's specific stories in the Bible where, you know, God, God shares. I mean, like a great example would be the nation of Israel. Right. So when God makes Israel a nation in the Old Testament, he, he gives them like promises. And they're sort of twofold. He says, if you will obey my commandments and do as I ask, I will establish you. I, I will set you up for, for the long haul. He says this specifically to kings. He says it to King Saul. He says the same thing to King David. He gives both of those guys this, if you will do what I ask you to do, I will, I will set up your kingdoms for like as long as time. Your, your, your sons will always reign on, my, on the throne. But if you don't obey me, then you know, those, those promises won't come true and, and others will take your place. God obviously wanted them to succeed. Like God, he, he chose them. He put them in the place and he said, I want you to do this. I want you. But there's this little thing called personal choice that he gives us that actually gives us the ability to reject the will of God. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when we were talking earlier, you gave a great example. There are some things well, that I are thank the will you. of God. It was a great example. And we're going to ask you to give it again here in just a oh, second. Okay. Um, you know, there are some things that are just the will of God, and you can't do anything about it. God said that Israel would become a nation. Before the return of Jesus, there has to be a nation of Israel, and there was nothing anybody could do to keep Israel from becoming a nation again. Mm-hmm. Arabs fought against Israel. There were nations that tried to keep it from happening, but it was the will of God. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, in our personal lives, God gives us an awful lot of say-so. He gives us that ability to choose. And it's, you know... And again, I want you to talk about this more in just a second, uh, Justin, but God's will is not necessarily just one specific thing. And mm-hmm. I'll give you a big example here. Um, a lot of times you hear people talk about, well, God has one person chosen for you. Right, your soulmate. You be married to, soulmate. You know something? That's a great concept. I don't see that in the no. Bible. And, you know, what if somebody was born under circumstances that weren't God is that person never supposed to get married? Right. Because, you know, no. Right. Or what if, oh no, what if I, what if I accidentally made a mistake and I missed my soulmate yes. when I was 22 years old and I just, I missed it. Now I'm forever destined what to What if not... my soulmate screwed up and right. she married somebody else? So I mean, now yeah. I can never get married. What, you're just, 
God would be like, I'm sorry, man, you, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> you know, now you're just doomed. And so there's a lot of areas where I think there is a lot of leeway as to what the, yeah. the will of God is. And, and so is. Let, let's, let's, let's attack it this way, because, you know, when we say God's will, there's a lot of concepts here. So first of all, you know, you hear this a lot in Christianity, and it's just something that I don't think is, is biblical, and I think you're, the soulmate example is a perfect example. Um, you know, but, and by the way, the idea of a soulmate is much more of a cultural idea that makes for really good romantic comedies, right? You know, uh, than it is really biblical. Yeah. Um, you know, Adam and Eve were, I think, meant to be together. They didn't have any other options. You know. Yeah, that. It was I really, think we can. That, okay, we'll uh, past, that past that, there were options. <laughs> so we tend to view God's will, and I heard a pastor say this, by the way, that we tend to view God's will like a like a like a, a, a tightrope. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, man, it is a thin, you know, and, and you better like not veer off. And, and that actually does come from some biblical, uh, you know, concepts. You just talked about the road to heaven being a narrow road. Um, in fact, there, there's this one phrase, the straight and narrow. That, that's, a, that's from scripture. But it's actually the straight and narrow does not mean a really narrow path. A straight and narrow is actually a nautical term, like the Strait of, Gib- of Gibraltar. It's a body of water that's narrow that leads into a very wide open place. Hmm. Okay, I never knew that. Yeah, so when you go through a straight and narrow, that you're entering a large body of water with a lot of freedom, but your only way is is that. And so, in in that example, when the Bible's talking, when Jesus was talking about that, when you see it, he's the gate. Jesus says that I'm the gate that you enter into God's will through. So Jesus is the straight and narrow path. Like he he's the way. But once you have Jesus, the will of God is, is, is much more open, I believe, than we often think. And the great example of that is the Garden of Eden. You know, the early story of the Bible, you know, if you haven't read it, very first chapters of the Bible, the, the world is, is pretty perfect. Uh, you know, we haven't sinned yet, so there's not death. It, it's kind of a picture of how God wanted it to be. So we could say that the Garden of Eden was very in line with God's will. <clears throat> and, and in the Garden of Eden, there's all this fruit that they can eat from all these trees, but it's not like there's one good tree that God says you can eat from this tree and there's a thousand bad trees that you have to avoid. Everything else, you're Everything missing. Else. And that's how we often think of God's will as this one good option, like the one person I can, you know, the soulmate, the one job, the one career, the one, the one everything. And, and, and that one thing is what God wants. And man, I better not mess up because then I'm going to miss God's will and everything else is, is not God's will. But that's kind of the opposite of how God's will was in the garden. God's will was, hey, there's this one bad tree. Don't eat that. It'll kill you. Everything else is awesome. So, you know, God has given us, he's given us guardrails in his word. He's told us in his word pretty definitively what is, what is in his will and what is not. And as long as we live within those guardrails, there's a ton of freedom. There's a ton of choice. And there's not nearly as much pressure as we, we put on ourselves to go, uh, oh no, is this God's will? Is it not? Is it, you know, and, and I'll tell you this, Justin, I think the desire on a lot of people to find that one perfect thing can actually keep them from finding the will of God. And, I, you know, here, here's kind of my philosophy. This is really spiritual. Mm. I do what I want to do and I tr- because I love God, and God knows I don't want to do something bad. Right. And I do what I want to do, and if God says no, then I go, okay, mm-hmm. I won't do that. And obviously, you you doing just to clarify, you do what you want to do, but you do what you want to do, already knowing what God has told you to do and not do. That that's already submitted to the absolutely right. So you're not like, oh, I you know. No, but there is a freedom that right. God 
gives us. Let me tell you this. So many years ago, I heard a preacher say, if you want to know what the will of God is, think about what you want to do, and the will of God is probably just the opposite. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, if you're really carnal, right. okay, maybe so. Right. But if you're in love with Jesus and your desire is to please Jesus, there is so much freedom there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, I look at Paul when he was on one of his missionary trips, and he says, you know, we pressed to go into Asia, and the Holy Spirit said no. So they didn't go. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then we went over to this direction, and the Holy Spirit said no. And he went in another direction, there were, I think, three times. And he says, the Holy Spirit prevented us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so God was showing him what not to do. But Paul wasn't like, okay, do you want me to move forward with my left foot? Okay, right. now, what about my right foot? You know, right. Paul was just moving in the will of God, trusting God to guide yeah. him as he went. He was sensitive. He was listening. And God guided him. Yeah, so, so we would say God's will is, is freedom within the boundaries that God has, has set with us. And so, you know, the good news about that is if you are a follower of Jesus, and, and let's, say, let's say you got two job offers. Let me use that as an example. And they're both good companies, and they, they're, they're both, they have the different strengths, different weaknesses. Uh, you know, there's certain things that are good about one, about the other. And you're, you're just fretting, though, because you're like, oh, well, I, what, I, which one is God's will? Well, they might both be God's will. Yeah. They might both be options, and God might actually give you, you know, a, a choice. And Your say, choice. hey, you know. Um, now, you, you might use it. Here's another example. Okay, there's, there's, uh, there's two women. I'm, I'm talking about women because I'm a man. There's two women that you can be in a relationship with. Uh, one is the one you're married to and the other is a different woman that you're not married to. Well, God's will in that situation is really clear, (laughs) you know, because God has spoken to us and said, you know, to be faithful in marriage. And so there are things that God makes clear are his will. There are things that he makes clear are not his will. He does that not because his will is restricted, because he gives us those, those safe boundaries. And within those boundaries, we have so much freedom. We have so much choice. So there's a personal thing with, with God's will. I, I would say, also, um, you know, God's will, you kind of mentioned it a minute ago, is we can kind of divide God's will in, into a couple of categories. There's his ultimate will or his declared will. There's things God has said will happen in this world. Yes. And those things will happen because God keeps his word. And so in the Old Testament, for example, when God told the nation of Israel that your friends and allies will be my allies and your enemies will be my enemies, well, he said that. And the nations that made themselves the enemies of Israel, things did not go well for them. Um, you know, and we've even seen that in modern times, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, you know, when we have. We have. Because God's will is, he declared his will and his will happens. That's his like ultimate will for the world. Oftentimes that has to do with like larger than one person type, type scenarios. Um, that will, there, there's like, you could do nothing to stop it. It's going to happen, right? Right. Um, but that is different than God's personal preferred will for your life. So there's his declared will, and then there's his preferred will, the things that he, he wishes to happen, but he gives us choice. Right. You Which, gave a great example when we were talking earlier about the cruise ship. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the way I heard it explained one time, and I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. But it's like a cruise ship, okay? A cruise ship is going to a destination. That is its will, right? That is its determined course. And if you're on a cruise ship as a passenger, you, you don't really affect where the cruise ship goes. You don't have any say. You're just on the cruise ship. While on the cruise ship, you got a lot, you have a lot of personal, you know, you have a lot of personal like uh, freedom to do what you want on the ship. You know, you can eat all the time. You can go swimming. You can go work out in the gym. 
if you chose, you could jump off. And if you jumped off, you're not going to get to the destination. But it's not because the cruise ship let you down. You chose to remove yourself from the will of the cruise ship, which was to go where you're going. And so someone, you know, basically said that that's kind of how God's will works is he has this ultimate will that is going somewhere and you can't stop it. That is, it's going to happen. But in the meantime, you have so much freedom, so much freedom, you know, personally. And he gives us that freedom. I think it's one of the biggest challenges people have with understanding God is, is it's like they can't wrap their heads around the idea that God is both in control ultimately and, and, and good and making, and he will make good happen in this world. And at the same time, why do bad things happen? Well, the vast majority of bad things that happen in the world are the result of some choice that someone makes. And God gives us the freedom to choose. He gives us the freedom to reject his will if we want to. And you know, to show how God good is and, and how God good is. How God good how is. How God good is. How good how God, how God is. How good God is. Yeah, that's <laughs> easy to say. And uh, Romans, uh, you know, so it says this, uh, that God causes... All things. All things. Thank you. God causes all things to work together for the good of those mm-hmm. who love him. Who are I love that verse. And I, know where I think I know where you're going with this, and I love it. Yeah. It doesn't say that God causes all things. Right. And it doesn't say that all things that happen are mm-hmm. God. But God will take all things, even bad things, if we will trust him yep. and work them out for our good. And it doesn't mean those bad things ever should have happened. Right. But sometimes they do. But God will even take those things and work them out to Dude, our good. I love so so. It really hits a, on a on a really big part of God's will. And, and I'm looking at the clock, so I know we got to wrap this up because we want to keep these somewhat short. But you know, Scott, Scott and I were talking earlier. Not everything that happens is God's will. It's really important that we know that because otherwise we get in this weird place where where someone some tragedy might happen in our lives, and we just have to go. I guess God wanted that to happen. Well, no, not necessarily at all. Um, God doesn't cause bad things to happen to teach us important lessons. Sometimes people will have, you talked about a friend of yours that had an experience like that, some tragedy happened in their life, like, well, I guess God really wanted me to learn this. It's like, no, like, I'm a good dad. I'd like to think so anyway. I'm not as good of a dad as, as God. I would not break my son's leg so I could teach him how to be tough. You know what I mean? Right. Liam and, thinks you're a good dad, by thank the you. way. But, but some people have that idea of God where it's like, well, if, if it happens, it must have been God's will. Well, the Bible doesn't actually teach that. Right. Now, what you just said is what the Bible teaches, that God can take all things that happen, whether they were his preferred will or not, and turn them into his will. Yes. And so the, the best way I, I like to think of that is back in the day, uh, Megan, my wife, used to watch a lot of this show called Top Chef. You ever seen Top Chef? Yes. It's like, yeah, it's like a lot of those competition shows where you take these experts and you put them in really... T- and there's almost always, like, one of the first challenges is basically, hey, here's some garbage. Make a meal out of it. Right. And, I mean, they'll give them horrible ingredients. You know, like, ingredients that you look at and go, like, oh, I wouldn't eat any of that. But somehow, these master chefs take this, this pretty terrible group of ingredients and create a meal out of it that you're like, oh, my gosh, I would actually eat that. Like, that looks amazing. Yeah. They're able to, now if you gave me the best ingredients in the world, I'm not a good cook. If you gave me like the top tier steak and vegetables and the best spices and all that, I'm gonna ruin it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna turn filet mignon into like hamburger helper. That's basically <laughs> what I'm gonna do. You know, uh, uh, but 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 a master chef could take very poor ingredients and turn it into something really good. Well, God is 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 over all things, right? And he's you you can mess up 
and this is important if you're listening to this, you may have made decisions in your life that were not God's will for your life. Right. You those, missed it. You, you really missed it. Yeah. And, and I've missed it in a lot of ways, but you may have made decisions. Yeah. And because of those decisions, you missed some things, some good things God had planned for you. And maybe there's been a lot of struggle in your life. And sometimes it's easy for us to blame God for that. And, and that's okay. He's okay with that. He can, he can handle that. But here's the beautiful thing is, yeah, okay, so, so you've made some mistakes and, and some really tough situations have happened because of it. If you will give that to God and you will say, God, take it. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. He can take our mistakes and actually turn them into his will. And, and meaning that he uses, he'll use it. He didn't create it. He didn't cause it, but he'll take it. And he'll rework it into something beautiful for life, you know, because he's yeah, good. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. So God, God's will is, is, it is what it is. It's what God wants to happen. What God wants to happen does not always happen because God gives us this thing called choice. But that doesn't mean that he can't take the sum total of our bad choices and, and still turn it into something good if we let him. Yeah. I heard so. one pastor say, you missed plan A, God's got plan B. You missed that. He's got plan C. And if you're sincere in finding the will of God, he's got more ways to get back to him than you have to miss him. Mm. Let's end there. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Crash Course. I like that. Think on that for a little bit. We'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Thanks for listening.